Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you are doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Rachel McAdams. I find Rachel McAdams, her career and her career choices to be fascinating. And the reason I want to talk about this is that she was in a recent interview where she admitted, and this is relatively rare because in most cases, celebrities don't like to talk about what roles they passed up because they think it's gauche and uncouth because then the person who ended up in that role wasn't the first choice. And so it kind of shatters this illusion that person who was in that movie was the first choice, which then looks poorly upon the person that was in that movie. So more often than not, of course, there's always exceptions, but more often than not, people don't like to talk about roles that they didn't take or who was the first choice of a given role. But she was recently interviewed and she admitted when younger in her career, she passed the role of Anne Hathaway's character in Devil Wears Prada. She passed the Michelle Moynihan role in Mission Impossible 3. That's the J.J. Abrams one with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain, which I think, you know, it doesn't really get a lot of credit, but I think is a perfectly good one. I think all the MIs are excellent aside from MI2. She also passed up the role of Anne Hathaway in Get Smart. And she also passed up the role of being Pepper Potts in the Iron Man movies with my least favorite actress, Gwyneth Paltrow, ended up taking. And it's interesting to think like what her career would have been like had she decided to take these roles. I failed to mention that she also passed up the role of Eva Green in Casino Royale. So I think we're going to go through some of these movies and see whether or not she would have been better. But she was interviewed for Bustle Magazine, and she said, quote, There's certainly things like, I wish I've done that. And she talks about some of these roles. But she decided to move back to Canada to spend time with her family in Toronto. She says, quote, I feel guilty for not capitalizing on the opportunity that I was being given because I knew I was in such a lucky spot. But I also knew it wasn't quite living with my personality what I needed to stay sane. There were definitely some anxious moments of wondering if I was just throwing it all away and why was I doing that? It's taken years to understand what I intuitively was doing. Now, she talked about this because uh, Devil Rose Prada is doing a 15-year anniversary reunion. I guess they're doing interviews like a retrospective. And director David Franco revealed that the studio was adamant about casting McAdams in the 2006 production. Uh, instead of Anne Hathaway. And this makes sense. 2006, this is right coming off of Mean Girls and The Notebook. Quote, this is the director. We started negotiating with Annie to make a deal, and that didn't go well with the studio. We offered it to Rachel McAdams three times. The studio was determined to have her, and she was determined not to do it. He also noted that Scarlett Johansson, Natalie Portman, Kate Hudson, and Kirsten Dunst, who were also top choices to portray Andy Sachs, who, of course, is fighting with Miranda Priestly. McAdams might have declined parts of massive studio tent poles earlier in her career, but she eventually entered the Marvel Universe in 2016's Doctor Strange. She also earned her first Oscar nomination in Spotlight. I for- totally forgot about that. All right, so let's look at her career and let's look at 
would she have done better in those roles? Now, let's start with Casino Royale. I, I think Eva Green's better. I think because in that role, you need somebody who is a lot more sexy than Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is cute. She's cute. She can do cute, but she's not sexy. And I think Eva Green was a better choice there. Eva, even though, of course, we have a sexy Saturday on here. Eva Green, you can say I'm biased, but I really do love Rachel McAdams. So I think that that was a right choice. When it comes to Get Smart, I think, uh, you know, it's a toss-up because Anne Hathaway can do comedy and so can McAdams. And I think that that's a toss-up. Mission Impossible 3, I think in terms of her career, that would have helped because Michelle Moynihan is Tom Cruise's wife in those movies and she reappears in practically all the subsequent movies. So I think that would have been good for her career as well. Now, later around that time, I should say later, she does do Sherlock Holmes and you know it's a thankless role, but either way, I think that would have would have been good. And I think Devil Wars Prada, I think she would have been amazing in that movie. Now I'm 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 lukewarm on Hathaway. I think Hathaway does have talent. I just find that Rachel McAdams to be more winning and less annoying and i think hathaway especially after she got the la Miz oscar was just so annoying and and you know the, the public opinion turned on her after that movie but i just think mcadams in that role would have been quite winning and i think she would have been great and i think that's an iconic role with pepper potts i think the pepper potts role is largely a thankless role but ultimately she would end up being iron man no spoiler alert and i think that would have been great so she ended up getting in the marvel world but really a thankless role as Cumberbatch's Love Interest, which is not really that interesting. So I think that was a role that she really passed up. But overall, let's look at her filmography. I mean, she doesn't really do much until Mean Girls. In Mean Girls, it was interesting. If you if you look at any of the biographies on Mean Girls, there was a lot of vying for like who was going to be Regina George, who was going to be Katie. And ultimately, they decided to make Regina George to be... Uh, Rachel McAdams, and look, say what you want, the wig looks really bad on her, but she does a very good role in that job. And had it been switched, could she have played Katie? Yes. I think could, could Lindsay Lohan have played Regina George? Yes, I think so. I think so. And I think certainly, I mean, Seyfried probably wasn't who she was then now, but she could have been, she could not have been a, a Regina George, but she could have been Katie as well. So either way, she doesn't really do much before that. She's in The Hot Chick, which is the the guy from Rob Schneider. And that's kind of the role that gets her Mean Girls. So you look at 2004. She does that and Notebook. Boom. 2005. Notebook, I mean, is iconic. You can say what you want about the movie, but she's iconic and it has Allie. Then you look at Red Eye. Red Eye is a great movie where she's on this plane opposite Cillian Murphy and you think that they're gonna like have a love interest, you know, he's kind of talking to her, da da da, and then you find out you know, bad things happen on this. But I'll keep it vague because it's a great one. Then a year later, she's doing Crashers, Wedding Crashers. That's a movies I love. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclecto Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity medical conspiracies and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. That's a movies I love. Uh, I think Wedding Crashers was number three that we did. So go through the, the back catalog. You can see my take on Wedding Crashers. She's, as I mentioned in that one, luminescent. She's gorgeous in that movie. 2005, she does Family Stone, which is an ensemble uh, family piece. It's kind of like a dramedy. It's fine. There's nothing special about it. It's fine. And then she does The Lucky Ones. The Lucky Ones is a Nicholas Sparks movie. Nothing interesting about that. State of Play is a movie that tries to be serious. It's about like a congressional aide is killed and there's journalists investigating it. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's Russell Crowe. She's got a movie in that. Then she's in Time Traveler's Wife, which was a very successful romantic comedy. That's with Eric Bana and they even spun that off into a TV show. 2009, she does Sherlock Holmes. And it's interesting because, you know, had she done Pepper Potts, that's only, what, two years earlier. But she decides to go into the action and be uh, Irene in the two Sherlock Holmes movies, which I don't, I mean, I, I, she's fine in them. I mean, she can do a British accent. It's fine. She's fine. 2010, she does Morning Glory. I think Morning Glory is a great movie. That's a movie that takes place in a morning show. It's got Harrison Ford in it. And I think that movie doesn't get enough credit. And I think she's very winning in that. Then she does Midnight in Paris. That is Owen Wilson walking around Paris. Woody Allen movie. It's fine. Then she does The Vow, which is another Nicholas Sparks movie. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is all Channing Tatum. Then About Time is 2013. I really love this movie. So this is the movie with Dom Hong Gleason, who finds out he has the ability to go back in time. He learns it from his father when he turns like 21. And his father's Bill Nye. And so he meets Rachel McAdams and she's the love interest and they get married and then he uses his time traveling. He can go back in time to like redo mistakes that he makes. It's a very cute, charming movie. I believe it is from the same guy who did Four Weddings and a Funeral and um, Notting Hill and all those movies. The British director, Richard Curtis. Yeah, it's escaping me. It was done by Richard Curtis. And I think that's a great movie. If you ever want to watch a good rom-com, um, she's quite winning. She's got these cute bangs in the movie. She, she's quite winning. And then after that, you don't you don't really see much. She does Aloha, which is that horrible Cameron Crowe movie with Emma Stone in it. And it takes place in Hawaii. I think it's Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. It's not a good movie. She does Southpaw, which is the movie of... Uh, the boxer. I think that's Jake Gyllenhaal, if I'm not mistaken. That every like every boxer needs every actor needs a boxer movie. So that's Gyllenhaal's boxer movie, and uh, that's in 2014. But I mean, it does relatively well. And then, as I mentioned, she does do 
spotlight where she gets the Academy Award nomination. I totally forgot she got an Academy Award nomination. She's good in that. Then finally in 2016, she does Doctor Strange. She does Disobedience, which is actually an interesting movie. So in that, it is a movie about, if I'm not mistaken, it's a woman who goes back to her Orthodox Jewish community and it's a kind of lesbian movie. If I'm not I think it's got Rachel Weisz as the lead, and it ends up being like a uh, lesbian movie that takes place in the past, unrequited love among like a Hasidic Jew community. I think, if I'm not mistaken, but it's a good movie. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's pretty good, and it, and it, it's good to see her do some dramatic roles because most of her, of course, most of her roles that she does are are comedic. Then so she does that, and then she does. Doctor Strange. Then after that, she does Game Night, which is another movie I love that we did not that long ago. And I love Game Night. I think it's a very good movie. And she's the, the lead with Jason Bateman. Then she does Eurovision. I think Eurovision is such a great movie. And I think it really highlights her comedic talents in that movie. And she does sing a little. So that's the Netflix movie with Will Ferrell. And they're both Icelandic losers who want to enter the Eurovision contest for singing. And I think... She does very well. And I think when people watch that, they're like, wow, she can be very good comedic actress. So she does that. And then she's in the, the Doctor Strange movie in 2022, which, you know, I almost don't count DC movies uh, because, um, you know, I mean, it, it's DC. And then she is about to release Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which is, of course, Judy Bloom. So she's in that. And here's the thing about Rachel McAdams. You could argue that she is in three iconic movies in her in her career. You could, if you take away Hot Chick, really started in two thousand four. So let's say twenty year career. Let's round her up. She's in three iconic movies in that time: Mean Girls, The Notebook, and Wedding Crashers. Now you could argue all three of those iconic movies were in the first two two years of her career. But either way, then you look at let's let let let's compare to her kind of contemporaries. I wouldn't compare to Amy Adams because Amy Adams is older. Also, Amy Adams is more of a dramatic actress, so I, I wouldn't necessarily compare her to her. Um, but so we have to compare to other romantic actresses. And so you look at her; she is 45, 44 around that time. So let's look at her and compare her to Kate Hudson. Who's had a better career, Rachel McAdams or Kate Hudson? And I would say, honestly, Rachel McAdams, I think, is a better actress. Kate Hudson's been in two iconic movies, which would be How to Lose a Guy and Almost Famous, again, both early in her career. And then she's that that's really it for her. But I would say that Rachel McAdams has had a better career than her. Maggie Gyllenhaal, I'll say Rachel McAdams had a better career than her as well. Amanda Seyfried. So if you look at compared to her Mean Girls co-star, I mean, I think Amanda Seyfried is definitely caught up and has done more dramatic work. And I just don't think she's as much of a comedic actress. I think like McAdams is more like a Bullock, like a younger Bullock, like second generation Bullock in terms of her comedy. Yeah, she can do the rom-coms, but I think she's much more as a comedic actress. And so look, if you look at compare her to some of the actresses of her time, I think she's actually better and has had a better career then more people would give her credit for. And I think she doesn't do movies that often, especially since she's had her kids. But most of the time, her movies are either uh, a hit 
in terms of the critics, like something like Disobedience, the lesbian movie of Rachel Weisz, or they make money in the box office, which of course is what Hollywood thinks is important. So she doesn't necessarily have a lot of misses. She does quite well in the movies that she does. But certainly, had she been in Devil Wears Prada, I would say most importantly, Devil Wears Prada would have changed her career more. And uh, I mean, then she would have been in four classic iconic movies. And I would say Pepper Potts as well. Those two, I think, were really important movies that she could have been with. In terms of her personal life, she's one of those uh, that's kind of not really known to have been dating around too much. She didn't, I mean, I think many of you know she dated uh, Ryan Gosling from 2005 to 2007. They met in the Notebook movie and they had a pretty tumultuous relationship. Then she was in, uh, she was with Michael Sheen, the British actor who later ended up, or he had a kid with Kate Beckinsale prior to him dating Rachel McAdams. So you think of Sheen, man, peak Beckinsale, peak McAdams, but they dated from 2010 to 2013. And then she started dating Jamie Linden, who's an American screenwriter that I know nothing about. He did the, uh, he wrote the movie We Are Marshall with Matthew McConaughey and Dear John, the Sparks movie. So they got together, but apparently they were never married. And uh, they had a child, a daughter in 2018, uh, right after she did Game Night. And then she also had another daughter in 2020. So they are together. So, look, in credit, her retrospective, I think, is overall pretty positive. I think it's hard for a lot of people to say anything really negative about Rachel McAdams because she just has a natural winning on-screen on personality in that she comes off just very nice and very happy, and she's got a great smile. And you could argue that she is a better version of someone like Julia Roberts. They both kind of have the same look in terms of their smile and their face lighting up. But I honestly would say Rachel McAdams is, is more talented than even Julia Roberts. Maybe May would disagree with me. We'll see on the next live when I do with her. Uh, I'll bring up Rachel McAdams if I can remember. We'll get her take on Rachel McAdams. Guys, I'll post a poll up at the Cinema Rag. You let me know what you think of Rachel McAdams. Please rate and review the Cinema Rag. It helps with the algorithm. Please do it right now on Apple or Spotify. Two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation if you like. And the other one is a link to the website, which hosts all the Eclectico Gregorio feeds including this one, but especially to catch them on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.